grass. Oh, I love that song. I was going to say, it makes my hair stand on end, but that's nothing to... Uh, <laughs> that doesn't impress anyone these days, I mean. Okay. You guys have blessed me. Uh, you have uh, fed me. Uh, you have tried to kill me. I went um, letterboxing with Brother Paul. Don't go letterboxing with Brother Paul. He's supposed to know the maps. Where are you, Brother Paul? Yeah, you hide, that's right. <laughs> Apparently the maps tell you what kind of terrain there is, right? Um, well, he made me climb Mount Everest. And um, it was hot. And um, I was huffing and puffing. And uh, where's Brother Jim? Jim, I have to slap you too, bro. Um, Brother Jim had the great idea. He told us that when, um, when there's a letterbox that says uh, no junk mail, what you do is you go and you put it in the door. Well, the streets are like this. And then the letterbox says no junk mail. And then the driveway is like this. <laughs> I did about 150 metres and I was ready to have a heart attack. And then Brother Paul advised me that he did have a heart attack. <laughs> and then I was praying. Lord, don't let Paul have another heart attack. Uh, not while I'm with him. I wasn't carrying you back to the car, bro. And try and call an ambulance. I had no idea where I was. But um, uh, I had a great time. I, I, I love coming to your church. Um, it's just revved me up. Revved me up for July. Um, I reckon you should have more of those leadership conferences. I reckon once every two or three months would be good. Right. <laughs> it's just a suggestion, guys. Come on. You know, it doesn't hurt to, to put it out there. Um, thank you. All right. Thank you for your uh, hospitality. Uh, I'll take the opportunity to, to say how much I, uh, uh, I love your pastor. Uh, I miss him to death. Uh, I said to him, um, I was always comforted by just knowing he was there. And uh, I'm comforted knowing he's still there. He's just about a thousand kilometres away now. But um, uh, uh, you guys are blessed as, uh, by having him as your pastor. Look after him. Look after his family, okay? Uh, but I love you, preacher. All right. I appreciate you once again, church. I just want to tell you that you guys have, uh, re you guys have refreshed me. You guys have um, encouraged my heart. You guys have uh, sharpened me these last few days. And I just wanted to say thank you. Sometimes I forget, so I just want to say thank you. The, I just want to give you an update. The, the work at Phillip Bay that you guys support is going well, praise the Lord. Um, we're, uh, we're ministering to one of the most uh, you know, affluent areas in, in, the, in Sydney. And uh, we, we get visitors on a, on a, regular, um, on a regular basis. Uh, I, I get opportunity, I go on outreach every, every week with, with, our, with our team and uh, uh, we're just getting amongst it, amongst it and uh, we're letting the light so shine uh, in the eastern suburbs. But thank you, we, we, we need your continued prayer uh, for, uh, for our ministry there. Um, it's not without its challenges, amen, not without its, um, its, uh, its headaches. Uh, but we're seeing God at work, and uh, and I just want to thank you, Church, for uh, your 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 partnership. Um, 
I've been blessed once again by, by the preaching this week. Uh, it's, uh, it's ministered to my heart. The messages have, uh, have been greatly edifying. Uh, again, I'd just like to thank uh, Pastor Mansour for, uh, for, for, your, uh, for uh, your sensitivity to the Word of God and, and bringing a, uh, a timely message to us. So, so thank you. Uh, they've been fantastic. I heard the first guy preach on Friday, and I heard he was a bit dodgy. He wasn't very good, so um, we'll, uh, we'll try and do better than that. But if you have your Bibles, let's turn to John chapter 15. I want to go through some scriptures with you, John chapter 15. <clears throat> we've, we've uh, like, a lot of preachers struggle uh, trying to figure out what to, what to preach, and we pray, and um, the Lord's just um, um, uh, cemented this thought in, uh, in, in my heart and in my mind over the last few days. Uh, on Friday night, we looked at the missions, uh, that missions must affect uh, the body, it must uh, begin in the mind. Uh, we had a look at that. It must move to, to the heart. And then it must uh, uh, move on to our hands. We've we got to do something with that. And then uh, Pastor uh, Mansour on Saturday night gave us a, a great message, of, uh, the fact that uh, uh, we need an, an established purpose. I, I love that, um, uh, that we need to do the, the, the will of, of, of our Heavenly Father and that... Uh, we need to, uh, to do the purpose of God for my life and, and, and then we need to go out and we need to reach uh, every man with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he, he told us about uh, the fact that we need to have an esteemed priority, uh, the fact that the time is now, amen, to serve the Lord, to, to uh, share the gospel. Uh, the season is at hand uh, to get involved um, and that we ought to go and, and, and live out our Christianity uh, outside now with, with the liberties that we have at, uh, at the very hour that we're living and that we need to have an, an elevated perspective. Uh, we need to look up and, and, and let that generate a, a burden and then uh, we need to have equal participation that I have to do my part. I have to do my God-given part that, that, that only I can do. And if you haven't figured out, I wrote your outline. Amen, I'm going to go preach that. <laughs> and then this morning, we spoke about where is our faith? Where is our trust in the, in the provisions of the, of the living God? And uh, we were encouraged to, to step out by faith and to, and to do, uh, to do more. I was challenged that indeed we are without excuse we call ourselves, am I advancing the cause of Christ with my God-given prosperity? And tonight I want to try, Lord willing, if it gives me the liberty, I want to tie that in all together. I want to tell you tonight about what it's going to take uh, to bring this all together and, and actually uh, get this thing done for God as far as missions goes. And we're going to take the, the, the teaching from John chapter 15. We're going to read verses 4 to 14. And I want to share with you, you know what it's going to take, church? It's going to take greater love. It's going to take greater love for God. And it's going to have to take greater love for Australia. And it's going to take greater love 
for the world. Uh, so let's read um, chapter uh, 15. We're just going to read verses 4 to uh, 14. Let's stand in honor of the, of the Word of God. Um, and uh, our Bible says there in uh, uh, John chapter 15, verse 4, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking. He says, Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except in abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father has, has, hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And now text verse, verse number 13. Greater love, greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this uh, last night of conference. And Father, like uh, over the last few days we've committed unto you, we pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way with this time. Father, help me to be a blessing to these, my brethren. And uh, Lord, we pray that your spirit uh, this evening would have liberty, uh, would go forth and accomplish the will of God in the lives of your children in the lives of the, of the preacher. And Father, we pray, as always, if there be one in this place this evening that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Saviour, that uh, now is our appointed time, that today is the day of salvation. Lord, we pray that you would show them their need to trust in the living God, to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. We commit that to you, Father God. We thank you, Lord. We love you. And we commit this message to you in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Now, I know, church, I'm sensitive to the fact that uh, you, you got uh, a, a lot of preaching over the last three days, and, and I don't want to, to overload you. Um, I don't want your brain to explode, amen, especially when I'm up here. So I want to give you this thought this evening, uh, and then I'm just going to make a simple application at, at, the, end of that, at the end of that, and then uh, we are going to have a, a short time of, of invitation and I want you to, to respond to the Lord. If, if God has put anything on your heart this weekend, that you would come and, and you would pray and you would speak to God. But we looked at John 15, verse 13. Greater love, greater love. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know, let me give you the context, church. It's probably Wednesday. Uh, it's probably Wednesday or, or, um, uh, or Thursday night, depending on, on your take. 
Jesus is going to die in, in, in the next day, the next couple of days, and, 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 and the Lord knows it. Uh, his apostles, even at this stage, really, really, really don't get uh, what's going on. And in these last hours with them, he's giving himself uh, to prepare them for, for, for the dark night of the soul into which they are about to be plunged into. At the same time, church, he, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ is seeking to, to prepare them to continue on with, with his ministry via the local New Testament church in, in the years to come. And so, he, uh, and so it is that what he does here is he instructs them here on, on the importance of love. On the importance of loving him as, as well as loving others. And, and he illustrates the depth and he illustrates the height of, of love with a statement which he will uh, himself utterly prove in, in the next day or so. And we read it. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Can I challenge you uh, tonight, church, do you love others with the same love that Jesus loves you? In the context of missions and, and God's love, do you love Australians the same way that, that, that Jesus loves Australia? Do you love those across the street and, and across the world the way that Jesus loves them? What evidence is there of that in your life? And I'm not talking before men. I'm talking before God. And I was drawn to those two words in that verse. I was drawn to those two little words in, in our text verse, in verse number 13, greater love. And I pray, church, that, that tonight as, as we wind up what has been a truly blessed time in, in missions conference, that you can declare that God has given you a greater burden, that God has given you a, a greater sense of responsibility, that God has given you a, a greater mind and a greater heart and, and a greater purpose and a greater priority and a greater perspective and a greater sense of participation and, and a greater faith to do something with the, uh, with the prosperity that you have and yet that God has given you a greater love for, for our own people and the world. You see, church, you've got to understand this, this concept of greater love. Greater love indicates a few things. First, it shows us, church, that, that there are degrees of love, that in fact love is indeed a quantifiable thing, that something that you can measure. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Quantifiable love. In John chapter 21 and verse 15, So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more, more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Love is quantifiable. You can measure it. 
and this supports my, my second, second premise, church. It, it is possible then to grow your love. It is possible to, to mature your love. It is possible to develop. It is possible for you to, to increase your love for Australia, even if they wear a blue jersey. Amen. I've got to laugh. No amens. Amen. Thirdly, there is no possible greater proof, church. There is no possible greater evidence, a greater demonstration of love than for you to give your life away. There isn't. Some of you may know the story from uh, uh, Brother Glenn Weeks. Um, You all know Brother Glenn Weeks, right? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, he's an uh, American evangelist who's come to Australia. He's, he's semi-retired now. And I remember the story he said in, 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 in one of the services in our church. He, uh, he, was, in, uh, he was in the Marines in, in, in the services. And uh, how one of his mates took a bullet for him. Someone pointed a gun, at, a gun at him and they were about to fire and one of his mates stepped in front of it and he took the bullet square in the chest and he perished. There's no greater love, folks, that a man laid down his life for his friend. And listen, you, you don't need to give, I, I, I don't need to give you any more examples of this as, as the Bible is crystal clear, amen? First in doctrine is taught by the Lord Jesus Christ and then in practice is also taught by the Lord Jesus Christ at his crucifixion. Let me encourage you, your life is all that you have that has any real worth. I love the challenge Pastor Mansour gave us about our stuff. Listen, folks, our stuff doesn't matter. It will all eventually, you know that, it will all eventually burn up. It will all eventually uh, be passed on. Uh, uh, It will, in some way or form, you're going to leave it behind. It's going to be sold on eBay. You may not know, I, I haven't flown on a plane since I got married for my honeymoon. That was 24 years since I've been on a plane to come to, to Queensland. So I was a bit apprehensive. And my deacon thought, Brother Mansour, that it would be a great idea to ring me while I was waiting to board the plane and say, Pastor, if the plane doesn't make it, can I have your motorbike? <laughs> he goes, where'd you put the keys? I just hung up on him, amen. <laughs> but he was right. I was going to leave it behind. It doesn't matter. And for you to lay it down, to lay down your life so that another may benefit, that another may hear the gospel, is the biggest gift any human being can bestow upon another church. I mean, we would already readily acknowledge that, that we will do that for our families that we love. I mean, what parent wouldn't give their own, their own heart to save their child? You guys know that I had a renal cell carcinoma and uh, they removed one of my kidneys. Uh, later on, talking with my family, 
I just let him, they're asking, you know, with doctor's appointments, and, and the doctor said, oh, Mr. Batistuzzi, you, you, you really need to take care of the one you got left. Uh, it can be a big deal. You, you, you'll live fine on, on one kidney, and, 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 uh, and probably some of you do. He goes, but you need to take care of that one. And uh, my daughter came up to me, God bless her heart. And she said, Dad, if you ever need one, I'll give you mine, one of mine. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. I said to her, darling, I'd rather die than do that. He goes, well, you might not get a choice. <laughs> you know, that, that's another reason why uh, we honour ex and current service men and women in the, in the you know, Australian Defence Force. Uh, th th these men and women who die and put their lives on the line and, and have died for, for Australia's freedoms. But the reality is, church, that, that a life is not always just laid down in, in one single act. A life can be often laid down in sections or, or pieces at a time. It, it can be laid down here a little and there a little. Let me give you a case in point. You know, if your pastor gives you uh, countless hours of his time in, in counselling sessions and discipleship and, and, and he just sits with you when, when you need someone to uh, just to, to sit with you and maybe, maybe listen and, and this is time that he spends and hours uh, for which he charges nothing and he, and he gets no material return for, hasn't he just laid down that time, that, uh, uh, that time of his life for you? I mean, you ask, well, why would he do that? And listen, folks, it's not because that's his job. It's because he loves you. We minister because we love our church. We minister because we love our people. Listen, folks, ministry is all about laying down your life for others. Where's Jabez? You willing? Nathan, you're willing, brother. Lay down your life for those you minister to. Missions is all about that, folks. Missions is about laying down your life for others. In fact, let me tell you, I'm a believer that we can trace uh, the maturing or, or the deepening of love in just this way. You know, the more willing that I am to lay down pieces of my life for you, the more often I actually lay down sections of my life for you, the larger and larger those portions, those pieces, those sections get. Let me encourage you, dear church, you want to grow in your personal missions involvement? Then just start. Start small, do, do a little more, then take the next step and, and step out by faith and attempt the impossible and, and determine that you will do more every single year and, and that you're going to grow and, the, uh, and you're going to endeavour to step out through that open door and effectual that the Lord gives you in missions, in the opportunities to reach others with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Start! Let me give you an illustration by a man named Robertson McQuilkin. Someone recommended uh, his book to me. It's called The Promise Kept. You need to get your hands on it. See, Robertson McQuilkin was 
the college president of uh, Columbia University, and he was also a, a traveling preacher. And uh, uh, I, I read his book, and, uh, and I've still got it on my, on, on my shelf. It's, it's an amazing read, and he changed my perspective on what love is, the motive behind it. You see, th- this man, Robertson, noticed his dear wife, Muriel, began to be forgetful. And, uh, and, and he noticed that she got worse and worse and, and, and his wife finally got diagnosed with Alzheimer's at the tender age of 58, folks. And she had to give up uh, a lot of things in her life and she gave up her public ministry. She had a radio program to encourage Christians and, and uh, she had to give that up because her mind would start to wander as she talked and, and she couldn't stay on point. And soon she began to wander physically, not really knowing where she was going. And, and Robertson tells in his book of some funny stories, you know, of losing her in the middle of missions trips, going to the Philippines and going to Japan, and, and that he loses his wife. And in the beginning, they were sort of funny. He says how eventually she, she no longer recognised these, these pictures by her favourite artist uh, when they went and visited uh, art galleries and things like that. She just couldn't recognise them. And soon, church, she, she began to wander away from the family home as well. She would usually end up at his office, sometimes with, with blood, you know, pouring from, from her feet, from being too forgetful to put on shoes. And so what did he do? He, he hired a, a, a living nurse to, to help with that. But his dear wife, Muriel, grew increasingly frightened and she grew increasingly combative whenever Robertson left home. And she would only relax when, when he came back. She would only be at peace when he was around. And so, church, you know, it's amazing, read. At the peak of his ministerial career, when he was, you know, most in demand and had the widest circle of influence in his life, he stopped, he stepped down and he resigned. Oh, he got counsel. His friends told him to place the love of his life the person that made him a complete man, the, the woman that, had adored, that he had adored and, and God had joined him to be one flesh. Oh, put her in a home. But how could he? How could he possibly even fathom that idea, he writes? She was only content and she was only at peace when he was around. What would she feel being in a, in, a, in a care facility by herself? The idea made him sick to his stomach. And so he resigned. You can read his uh, resignation letter in his book, and I'll quote it to you. He writes, 22 years is a long time, but then again it can be shorter than one anticipates. And how do you say goodbye to friends you do not wish to leave? The decision to come to Colombia was one of the most difficult I have had to make. The decision to leave 22 years later, though painful, was one of the easiest. It was almost as if God engineered the circumstances so that I had no alternative. Let me explain, he writes. My dear wife Muriel 
has been in failing mental health for about 12 years. So far, I have been able to carry both her ever-growing needs and my leadership responsibilities at Columbia. But recently, it has become apparent that Muriel is contented most of the time that she's with me and almost none of the time that I'm away. It's not just discontent, he writes. She's filled with fear and she's filled even uh, with terror that she has lost me and always goes in search of me when I leave home. So it is clear to me that she needs me now full time. He writes, perhaps it would help you to understand if I shared with you what I shared in chapel at the time of my announcement of my resignation. The decision was made in a way 42 years ago when I promised to care for Muriel in sickness and in health till death do us part. And so, as I told the students and faculty as a man of my word, integrity has something to do with it, but so does fairness, he writes. She has cared for me fully and sacrificially for all these years. And if I cared for her for the next 40 years, I would not be out of her debt. Judy, however, can be grim and stoic. But there is more, he writes. He declares, I love Muriel. She's a delight to me. He goes on to tell about the long twilight struggles that ensued after that. A struggle to keep his heart tender towards God. Oh, listen, be careful, Christian. Struggles and and difficulties can lead to to bitterness and and hard-heartedness towards God. I I mean, we look to the one who could in an instant deliver us from our pain and from our woes, and and he doesn't. And Robertson writes that he looked to the one who had taken away his ministry. He looked to the one who was taking away his wife piece by mental peace. It was a struggle for him to learn to be her primary caregiver. It was a struggle for him to give up everything that a marriage means, the, the communication and the understanding and the affirmation and the common interest and that physical intimacy and, and, and yet continue to love her as when she could offer all those things back to him. It was a struggle. He speaks in his book of the support that helped him. Praising God helped him. Reliving precious memories with his wife helped him. His family helped him. New friends he met who who had heard his story and had similar lives and, and came beside him and said, we've got the same testimony. These things helped him. And church, listen, for 13 years he cared for his precious wife, Muriel. He cleaned the home. He did the laundry. He made the beds, he ironed the clothes, he did the shopping, he cooked the meals, he did the dishes. Oh, the great ministry leader, the great preacher was now really Mr. Mum to his wife. As time goes on, and she lost the ability to remember how to use a knife and fork, he fed her bite after bite after bite. When she lost the memory necessary to dress herself, he he dressed her. When she lost the memory necessary to bath herself, he bathed her. 
when she lost the memory necessary to control her bodily functions, he was the one that cleaned up after her. When she lost the mental capacity necessary to walk, he was the one that, that pushed that wheelchair to move his wife around where she wanted to go and what was good for her. When she lost the mental capacity to swallow, Robertson was the one that decided to put a port in her stomach and feed her through a tube so that his precious wife wouldn't fade out of existence. She had long ago stopped talking in sentences and, and even phrases and, and just stared at him. But one Valentine's Day, one Valentine's Day just towards the very end, as Robertson was riding his exercise bike in front of the bed she lay in, she looked at him and in a moment of clarity said a word distinctly and clearly three times, love. Love! Love! What was she talking about? Her, her love for him? Was she talking about his love for her? I mean, he doesn't really know. But she obviously felt very loved, church, just as she should have. It was her right, amen? Robertson McCookin, for 13 years, literally, literally laid down his life for his wife. That, my friends, is a measure of a man. And if you're married or about to be or want to be one day, you better be prepared to do that same thing. Jesus taught us that, church, not just by words but, but by deeds. Listen, I want to I put the application here. This is the kind of love for our families. This is the kind of love for our church. But this is especially, especially the kind of love that we're going to have to have for our God and for our nation if we're going to make an impact in taking the gospel to a lost and dying world. Greater love. Robertson McQuilkin love. The Lord Jesus Christ love. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Oh, you may say, oh, oh, I love. And yes, you may. You may love Australia. You may love Brisbane Church. You may even love Albany Creek. But listen, is it greater love? You may even, you may even love the world as a mission field. But is it greater love? Listen, I don't share this with you to invoke some emotional response. I don't share this story with you to depress you or to impress you or to move you to guilt or, or anything like that. I share this story with you, church, because it perfectly illustrates the Lord Jesus Christ's teaching of the kind of heart that is required in relationships and the kind of heart that is required to be blessed in missions. Understand, church, that, that mediocre work and, and, and half-hearted involvement and, and apathy for the lost in Australia will no longer result in abundant fruit in missions. Behold, the hour is at hand. The coming of the Lord draweth nigh. We are almost out of here, church, and Australia is not even close to being reached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ.
And I echo the words of Jeremiah in chapter 8 and verse 20 that I shared with you on Friday night. The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and still we are not saved. What's it going to take, Pastor Gus? What is it going to take to reach this nation with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. It's going to take some men and it's going to take some women. It's going to take some boys and girls to say, here am I, send me. Not across the world. Say, be it if God calls you there, but across the street. Here I am, Lord. Use what you have given given me anyway for the furtherance of the gospel in Australia. That's what it's going to take, church. It's going to take greater love. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Who do you love, church? Do you want to love them better, greater, so to speak? Oh, church, it will only come one way. The way Jesus did it. You must be willing to lay down your life for them. Oh, yes, all in one go if it must, church. But also in the more difficult and sacrificial way. Piece by piece, section by section, minute by minute, hour by hour, year by year, Saturday outreach by Saturday outreach, faith promise commitment by faith promise commitment, you're going to have to love them greater. Who do you want to love better anyway? A husband, a wife, a difficult child, a, a selfish parent, the Lord? Do you want to love better the lost world headed to hell so fast? Do you want to love better the poor lost souls of our nation? Then by all that is holy, church, give them pieces of your life. Surrender that thing. Have a greater love for God and a greater love for Australia. These things will require some people to sacrifice some things. Greater love has a price. Are we willing to pay it? Oh, church, I'm done. Give them your time. Give them your finances. Oh, give them your thoughts. And give them your prayers. And when it's appropriate, when it's fitting, give them their way. Give up your dreams for theirs. Why don't we take up God's dream for them, their salvation, and go out and share the gospel with our nation. Give up your plans for theirs. Give up your hopes for theirs. Give yourself away and give them your heart. Listen, church, Australians need Australians to tell them about the love of God. They need Aussies to tell them about the love of Christ. They need Aussies to share with them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let let me challenge you. The hope of the gospel getting, uh, getting out to Albany Creek, the hope of the gospel getting out to the surrounding areas and and to Brisbane and to Australia and to Queensland is in this room tonight. Do you love them enough to lay down sections of your life for them? 
greater laugh have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That is what missions is all about, church. That is what Jesus is all about. I want to challenge you. Think about greater love for Australia and think about having a greater love for Australia. Let's bow our heads. Piano's going to play in just a moment. You've heard a lot over the last three days. Don't let this conference be in vain in your life. If God has spoken spoken to you at all, at any time, during the last three days, Come, come and kneel at this altar and talk to God. If you're here tonight and, and God has, has shown you and said to you, you know what, Pastor, I, I, I love my nation. I love my neighbours, I love my lost family, I, I love them, but you know what, I've I got to admit to you, Pastor, I got to be, before the Lord, I don't love them like Jesus loved them. then come. Come and say, Lord, help me. Give me the heart of Christ. Let me see my neighbours and my workmates and, and, uh, and, and, and the people that you bring in my life, the, the circle of influence. Help me to see them the way you see them, Lord. I need the vision of Christ for people. And Lord, when you help me, when you help me to see them like you see, to see them like you see them, help me to love them like you love them. 